1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 19, Paul writes to his son in the gospel, Timothy, and he's giving him instruction on righteous living. And we're going to pick up kind of in the middle of his thought here. He says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning the faith, have made shipwreck. Some people have put away faith. Some have put away a good conscience. And then he names them. Now, how, how do you like that for the preacher? Just He's naming names. Y'all don't think that's funny, but I I just think that's kind of funny. He just starts naming names. He says, Alexander and Hymenaeus, they are not holding the faith of whom I have delivered unto Satan. You didn't know that was in your Bible. The Apostle Paul says, of whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they might not learn to blaspheme. I'm not here to deliver anybody to Satan today. Please don't misunderstand my reading of the Scripture. But I want to talk to you today about refusing to attend Wilderness University. God's got a word for somebody today. And the word is this. God wants us to grow. God wants us to learn. But if He can't get us to learn here, He's going to cause us to learn somewhere else. I want you to lift your hands and ask God to open your mind and open your spirit to remember to receive the Word. Father, I love You. I thank You for Your Word. I pray You'll talk to us today. Oh God, anoint me that I might speak exactly what You want spoken. Nothing more and nothing less. And we will thank You for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, you need to refuse Wilderness University. I know that you think that that's a crazy title, but you can be seated. God desires for us to grow. No matter where we are in our walk with Him, whether... Uh, I know that there's a few folks here today that it's your first time in this building. I don't know if it's your first experience with church at all, but we're, we're thankful to have you today. Uh, I want you to know that God wants you to grow. God wants you to be blessed. If you are here, and uh, I saw Sister Rachel is back there, and we love Sister Rachel. She is a powerful woman of faith and we have tremendous faith in her prayers and her walk with God. But God wants her to grow too. And all of us in between there, God desires for us to grow. 1 Peter 2 and 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Don't be confused because He speaks of newborn babes. He's not talking to newborn babes. He's saying all of you as the same way that newborns desire uh, to grow. It's they desire milk, you should desire the milk of the Word of God that you may grow thereby. Ephesians 4.15, he tells us, speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. 2 Peter 3 and 8 tells us to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory now and forever. Amen. God desires for us to grow. 
I don't want to short circuit this message, uh, but if you don't have a desire to grow, you better pray for a desire to grow. If you are content to stay where you are, I am afraid for you. As the apostle wrote to the Galatians, I am afraid for you. If you're content to stay on the same spiritual plane, at the same level of understanding, at your same level of Christ-likeness, if you're content, you are in danger. He says, we all with open face, 2 Corinthians 3.18, as beholding in a glass or in a mirror, we behold the glory of the Lord and are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. God is desiring to change us, to make us more like Him. I probably used this illustration before, but it was... I, I don't know, can anybody identify with this when you were, maybe you were a new convert and you can look back at the ways that you prayed and, and, and maybe you prayed silly prayers? Anybody? Just a little confession? No, all y'all were, y'all just, man, you got baptized, God filled you with the Holy Ghost and you walked in knowledge and understanding. <laughs> you had revelation of Daniel's image and, and you know who the, the horsemen of the apocalypse are, but... Not me, I prayed simple prayers. I, I prayed things like, God, make me a tool that you can use for your glory. And I, uh, I, y'all know that I have sort of an affection for pocket knives. And I prayed, God, I, I want to be a Swiss Army knife that you can use in whatever situation. Y'all can laugh at that, but I was deadly serious. Because I, I want whatever, whatever comes up, whatever the need is, God, I want you to be able to use me for whatever you need. I want to be a tool in your hand. I, I want to be a, a multi-tool, so to speak. Another thing that I prayed was I, I prayed, God, I, uh, I, I got this, I don't know if this was a spiritual image, but it was an image that I had in my head. Uh, how many of y'all have ever played with Play-Doh? Can, I, can we really have open confession here? How many of y'all just hate Play-Doh? I'm just not an artistic guy, Brother John. I, uh, 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 no, no, we won't even go down that road. Uh, whenever, whenever we had art class and we got to play with modeling clay, you know what I made every time we had art class and, and, and made something out of modeling clay? This guy made a snake. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Roll that thing. Y'all done it. That's the apex of my artistic ability. So, so Play-Doh just annoyed me. I'd see people, they can make stuff out of it. That's stupid. I'll just go be a nerd somewhere. But one of the things that I, I prayed was, God, you know what happens whenever you, you leave the Play-Doh out? It dries up. and It's not dough anymore. It's, it's play rock, I guess, after that. And I prayed, God, I don't want to become hardened so that you can't mold me into what you want me to be. I, 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 God, I, I want to be pliable in your hand. I want to be humble enough so that whatever you need to do to mold me into your image and your likeness, I want you to be able to do that. God, I wish somebody throw your hands in the air right now. God, I don't want to be become so hardened by the things of this world. or, 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 or God, I want to be pliable in your hand. God, I want you to be able to mold me into what you want me to be. He wants us to be able to be shaped into His image and it happens by the Spirit of God. He wants us to learn. 
He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. So God wants us to grow. He wants us to be able to change into His image. And He wants us to learn. The church needs the fivefold ministry. The church needs a ministry that is able to teach us and help us to have understanding. We need to get into the Word of God ourselves and let God show us things out of the Word. Uh, but if we can no longer learn in the church, God has an alternative for us. There's a story in the book of Daniel. Uh, I guess I was just talking about understanding crazy things in the book of Daniel, but here's one for you. King Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful ruler on planet earth. He was the king of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And it says in, in his dream, he saw this tree that was grown up and, and it had, had leaves and, and I won't read all of it. But the tree was cut down and an iron band was put around the stump of the tree. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he was puzzled about that dream and so he asked, what is the interpretation? He began to ask his wise men and of course none of them, most experts don't really know what they're talking about anyway. Uh, and so they didn't have an answer for him. But they said, uh, let's call Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. Daniel came and Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar gave Daniel the dream. And Daniel, it says that Daniel heard that dream. And he, he was astonished. And he sat astonished for an hour after hearing this dream. And God began to give him the revelation of this dream. And uh, in Daniel chapter 4, you'll find that uh, Daniel said, here is the dream. And we could go through all the details, but the, the summation of the dream. This is what you're supposed to get out of the dream, Nebuchadnezzar. He said, you're supposed to understand that the kingdoms of this world are under the authority and hand of God. Every ruler that is in this world is set up under the authority of God. He sets up and he plucks down. It's God. Now don't, don't think for it, you know, oh, we had an election and we decided. We didn't decide. God decided. And so he says, Nebuchadnezzar, it's not by the strength of man or because you're special. It's because God decided you would be king over Babylon. That was the interpretation of the dream. Daniel chapter 4, verse number 28 says, At the end of twelve months, Nebuchadnezzar walked into the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And the king spake and he said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by my might and of my power and for the honor of my majesty? I want you to see Nebuchadnezzar, man. He's got the robes on. He walks into the palace and he says, Man, look at Babylon that I have built. Look at my power, my might, my strength and my majesty. I'm really something. And the next verse says, While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee eat grass as an ox. And seven times shall pass over thee, and until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And that same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men, and he did eat, did eat grass as oxen. 
His body was wet with the dew from heaven till His hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and His nails like bird's claws. And this is the verse that I want you to get really closely. And in verse number 34 it says, And at the end of those days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned unto me. God sent Nebuchadnezzar revelation through a dream and Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't hear it. God sent Nebuchadnezzar a preacher named Daniel and gave him understanding of what he was supposed to learn and Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't hear it. But God sent Nebuchadnezzar to Wilderness University and what he couldn't get out of Revelation, what he couldn't get out of the Word, and what he couldn't get from a preacher, God taught him in a wilderness experience. We need to be humble in the sight of God because if we're not teachable, if we're not pliable, if we're not submitted to God, He will send us some place where we can learn what God wants us to understand. I don't want to go to the wilderness. Wildernesses are not fun. Listen to what Nebuchadnezzar said. He was the king of kings. It says that in Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar was brought low so God could talk to him and get through his thick skull. The fact is that if we will not remain pliable in the hand of God, He will send us into a wilderness where He can speak to us. Jonah? Jonah, go down to Nineveh and preach unto that city. Jonah, "Eh, you know what? I think I'll just head myself on down to Joppa. Do you not think... That on that walk from wherever he started to Joppa, God didn't knock on his heart. You need to turn around, pal. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Am I, am I in anybody's life? God told me to do that. God told me to go that way. I'm going this way. And he keeps talking. He keeps talking. There's a word for that. It's called conviction. It's called a conscience that God's speaking to you through as you keep walking the wrong direction. And as he walked the wrong direction, he got on a boat. Don't you think when he was buying that boat ticket, you know, he's standing there, $27 for this scenic tour. He's handing over the money to get on this boat. Don't you think God was saying, you know what, maybe you shouldn't buy that ticket. But he got on the boat, and you guys know the, 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 the... Man... I get on Jonah and he's such a jerk. I got to talk about him. Makes me feel better. The, the storm's raging. All the people on the boat think we're going to die. They're, they're praying to whatever God they, they served. It wasn't the one true and living God, but they're praying that they, there, there must be some problem here. And they're like, Jonah, Jonah, we got a problem here. And Jonah's like, I'm the problem. It's me. Where have you been the last week, Jonah? Where were you in the... Why didn't you tell us before? Jonah's a jerk. This is how much... This just cracks me up. This cracks me up. Is, is that he says, yes, it's, it's my fault. Y'all throw me off the boat. Jonah could have repented... So not only, Lord, if this is, if, please forgive me, but, but it seems to me like not only was Jonah a jerk, he wasn't too bright. 
Don't you think, Brother Ron, that at that moment, Jonah could have gone, God, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have got on this boat, but if you'll let this storm pass, as soon as we land this puppy, I will head myself to Nineveh. No. Jonah's like, nah, it's my fault. Throw me off. Instead of just, I'll jump off. I'll jump off the boat. No, 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 no. Y'all throw me off the boat. That's how unrepentant Jonah was. I'm going to do my thing. I'm, I'm on this boat. If you want me off this boat, you throw me off this boat. So they throw Jonah off the boat. And it says that God had, there's a, there's a word, a very important word in this story. starts with a P. It says, God had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah's wilderness was already prepared for him. He had the opportunity to abort that experience, to turn away from that experience every step along the way. But Jonah clung to his own will, his own desires, and God sent him to Wilderness University. And after three days, it says, Jonah finally prayed. What Jonah couldn't learn on his trip from wherever he was to Joppa and what he couldn't learn in the middle of the storm and what he couldn't learn from the men on the boat. God caused him to learn it in the belly of a fish. I don't want to attend Wilderness University. Why would God do that? Not just to Jonah, but hey, if you think for about 10 seconds, you can think of people that you know. Maybe it's you that have either gone to the wilderness and escaped or they're in the wilderness right now because they walked away from God. Why would God cause that wilderness experience? And here's the answer. Because God loves you. Because God wants us to be saved. Psalm 34 and 18. You should remember this scripture. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. He saves humble people. God resisteth the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He does not extend grace to the proud, he extends grace to the humble. And we are saved by grace. If we don't have the grace of God, we can't be saved. And if we're full of pride, we don't have the grace of God. In fact, we have the resistance of God. So whenever God causes us or allows us to go to Wilderness University, it's because He's trying to get us into a position where we can be saved. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that you may be exalted in due season. That's why God allows us to go through that situation, is to get us to be in a humble position and be saved. Luke chapter 15. I'm not going to preach much longer. Luke chapter 15 tells a story that's really familiar to us, to many of us. We call it the story of the prodigal son. 
It says, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth unto me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. All right, so we gotta, we got to slow down here for a second. We had two sons that were in father's house. You go to the end of the, the story and we find out that, we, that, that as sons, they had access to all that the father had. He told the older son at the end of the story, he tells the older son, all that I have is yours. But this younger son, Brother Pat, he says, Dad, give me my inheritance. And so the father does. He, I, don't, I don't know how he did that. I don't know if he cashed in his 401k early or whatever, took a third of the cattle to market and gave him the money. I don't know, I don't know what, what transactions you know, were required for this to happen, but, but the younger was, was given the inheritance from the father. And, and it says that, and, and somebody say, he was headed to Wilderness University. Because that's where he was going. He was going someplace where God could teach him a thing or two. Because he, he was not prospering where he was. And so it says that, that he took that portion of goods and, and he went into the, the, the wilderness. He went into a far country. And it says there he wasted his substance on riotous living. I got a revelation for you. There are no scholarships to Wilderness University. You have to pay your way. And it's going to cost you everything that you have. house you know man I feel like talking for a second you know when he walked away from dad's house he still had all dad's stuff and the first week probably seemed pretty good I'm still blessed and the second week might have seemed pretty good but at some point the resources became expired and if we walk away from God if you walk away from God today you're still blessed tomorrow but at some point, the resources are going to expire. Don't be jealous of people who you see, man, they walked away from God and they still look like they're blessed. They still look like it's going on. They still like, look like they got everything together. That's because they're still living on the blessing that they received in the Father's house. But I promise you, it's going to run out at some point. Don't be jealous of the wicked. That's what David said in a psalm to Asaph. He said, I looked on the wicked and it looked like they were blessed and I almost backslid over it because I couldn't understand. Until I made it to the house of God and I understood their latter end. When I understood the end, when I understood the end game, I understood I was better off to be in the house of the Lord. And so the prodigal son, he's, he, we call him prodigal, I don't know, he's, it's never used in the Bible, but he, he walks away from daddy and he goes and he, he begins to, to give away all of his money. He spends it on riotous living, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and then it says, when he had spent all, because Wilderness University will cost you everything, there arose a famine in the land and he began to be in want. i got to go to another story. I'll come back to this one, okay? Naomi and her husband, Ahimelech, I believe. 
they were in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Is this okay today? There was a famine in Bethlehem. The Bible says that there was, there was a famine in Bethlehem. They decided that they would go to Moab. They went to Moab. They, they took their daughters with them. I'm sorry, they took their sons with them. Oh, their names are on the tip of my tongue. But they took their sons with them to Moab. It says that while they were in Moab, their sons died. Kilian and Chilion, thank you so much. Bible scholar on the third row. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> their names mean sick and pining. They went to, they went to Moab. They went to, somebody say they went to the wilderness. When they went to the wilderness, Ahimelech died and the two sons died in the wilderness. And while they were in the wilderness, Naomi had a revelation and said, I hear there's bread in Bethlehem. And she said, I went out full and I'm going back again empty. If we choose to leave the house of bread because something over here looks better, I promise you the house of bread is still going to be full. And we're going to go over here and we would be exhausted of everything and we'll lose our family in the wilderness. And maybe by God's mercy, He'll allow us in that wilderness experience to have a revelation. I was full when I was in the house of bread. But now I am depleted. Now I am empty. I want to talk to somebody today. You are not the only one. that you, Your salvation is not the only thing hanging on your relationship with God. It's the salvation of your entire family that's hanging on your relationship with God. I want to tell some moms and some dads. If you decide to go to Wilderness University, they've got a family plan and they're going to take your children, but your children may never leave. He went and he joined himself. We're back to the prodigal son. He went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. It's just... I had it made in dad's house. Dad loved me. I had, I had a good family. And now I'm broke. And it says that he had to join himself to somebody in the wilderness. And he went into his fields and he fed swine. And, and then it says this, And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And verse number 15. This is the most important verse for today. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Those facts, Brother Tex, were very apparent when he was in the Father's house. While he was there, he could have looked around and seen, man, even Dad's servants are in good shape. I'm blessed. But he didn't have that revelation. He couldn't learn it in the Father's house. And so he had to go to the wilderness to learn that lesson. I don't know why he left Dad's house. I think there's some stories in the Bible. Jesus gave us this story. I think there's some stories that, that 
that we don't know all the details so that we can sort of apply them to our situation personally. I don't know why. Why? What would cause, but Frankie, why would a guy come to his dad and say, hey, hey, pops, give me my inheritance. I'm out of here, man. We thought Jonah was a jerk. This guy was a piece of work. But what would cause somebody to say that? I, I want out of here. Was it, you have too many rules. I'm not going to live under this tyranny anymore. I want my blessing you promised me, and I am out of here. I'll find some place else where there aren't so many rules. And there, I'll have it made. You never have it made in Wilderness University. I don't, know, I don't know what made that young man turn on his father, but I know this, if he had been humble, if he'd been submitted, if he'd been teachable, he would have never had that conversation with dad. If he would have been humble and under submissions, dad, dad, I, I, you know, it, it's a lot different to say, hey dad, can I have a hundred bucks? It used to be five. <laughs> then it is to say, Give me everything that I owe, or everything I'm owed, and I am out of here. If he would have had a humble spirit, he could have stayed in dad's house. If he would have had a humble spirit, he would have been able to look around and say, Oh my goodness, look at all the people in dad's house. Look how blessed they are. I'm so fortunate to be in dad's house. But because he didn't have a humble spirit, because he wasn't contrite, he couldn't learn those things in dad's house. He had to go to a pig pen where God's voice was strong enough to speak to him. Say, man, now that I have the wind knocked out of me, I realize he was really good in dad's house. I don't know how many of you today have walked through a wilderness. I suspect a great number have been in dad's house and for whatever reason walked away. And you've experienced what it's like to go to a far country, to lose everything that you had with the Father. And some of you, thank God, have clawed back and you're in the kingdom. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for the work that's done in Wilderness University, but I don't want anybody to have to go there. What I'm preaching to you today is you don't have to go to Wilderness University. You can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You can say, God, I want to be pliable. God, I, I want to learn of you. I want to be submitted. I want my mind, my spirit, my body to be submitted to your will. And whatever you say, Father, I trust you. Because if we don't, we're going to end up in Wilderness University. Let's stand to our feet tonight, today. The Apostle Paul was an amazing, powerful man of God. He would say things like, I have an abundance of revelation. He said, I will doubtlessly come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He said, he, he, was, he was an amazing man. He would, 
he would be thrown in jail, Brother Pat, thrown in jail and beaten. Still have a song in his heart. When the Lord released him from that prison, the Apostle Paul would preach to the man that had beaten him. He would say, you need to repent. You need to believe. With, with, the, with the blood still coagulated on his back, I imagine, Brother Pat, he prays that man through the Holy Ghost. He takes him to the water and he baptizes him. And all of his family received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Apostle Paul was a powerful man of God. But he said this Alexander and this Hymenaeus, I prayed for him. I've taught them. I've counseled with them. I've, I've sat down and we've done Bible studies and, and I, I've tried to help them. But they just can't be helped in their current condition. And so I have handed them over to Satan that they might learn. God. I wish you'd lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands right now. Jesus. Jesus. If you're in Wilderness University right now, I want you to understand that there is a graduation program that you can walk out of there today. All you have to do is humble yourself and say, God, I was wrong. You are right. I need to come back to your house. And God will grant you a diploma from Wilderness University. You can make your way back to the Father's house because He is out there waiting for you to return. But one thing I understand about that wilderness is neither the father nor anyone else in the household came after the prodigal son. The father didn't go on a rescue mission. He didn't send any servants out to find Junior. He didn't do any of that. It was up to that young man to come to it on his own in Wilderness University. God, give us a humble spirit. I want intercessors to pray right now. God, give us a humble spirit.